Hey, it's Lisa Cordoff. Welcome to the podcast where you can expect inspiring, raw, energizing, and transformative conversations with people on the path of personal evolution. I'm here to really live my life. And if you are too, these conversations are just for you. I'm really glad you're here. Enjoy. Hey there. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. And this time, with the story told, well, you know, (laughs) enough of the story told for you to understand a little bit more where I've been coming from all these years. Uh, I can tell you for sure that it feels like a bit of a relief to, to, I guess, be, be seen, uh, have it expressed, know that, you know, however it was received is okay. I have received amazing messages from people who feel like my story is their story. And I've sent a lot of love to women who are navigating hard seasons. And I really, and I do, I send that love really wholeheartedly because it's absolutely not easy. So on the back of having said what happened and, and you know, that I was the, the wife of an alcoholic and I was trying to make sense of so much for so long and the ending was really the very worst kind. I wanted to delve into now some of the, the stories amongst the story, you know, the, the issues, the nitty-gritty, some of the big themes that started to emerge for me that I seem to end up talking about a lot to women. And And today I thought we would start with the topic of codependence. Now, in no way am I at all a a psychologist or therapist or anything like that. So I really want you to know and really hear me when I say that I'm sharing about this stuff from my own personal experience. And, And I'm doing it because I know whenever I do, there are women who go like sort of a bit of a light bulb might go off for them and and takes them down a path of I guess just a little bit more awareness and I'm going to talk about codependence because I had no idea what it meant I also had no idea like once I start to started to understand it I was like oh oh this is this is me because I um you know we have addiction in our relationship and it's 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 not even that when i talk in my programs and about codependence and and recognizing codependent patterns of behavior i mean women are like what what did you just hang on a minute what do you mean like this way of loving or this way of relating isn't it's it there's another way are you hang on a minute so i'm just going to talk about some big themes around codependence and also so and how they appeared in my marriage and the cool thing is is that i am i'm in a relationship now where 
I kind of get, I get confronted with this stuff all the time. I mean, in real time with another real human, I am practicing a new interdependence, I guess. So let me talk about it. I mean, you, you might have, you might, you might be someone who's heard about it. You might even um, think of yourself as someone who is codependent. But for those who are new to it, the best way I can kind of think to describe it, when I knew that I had an issue with codependence, it was because I fully 100% was living my life and believed that I could make Nick better, that there were things that I could do or not do that would directly impact his choice to stay sober and that his health and well-being and everything, everything was my responsibility. It was, it was, it was my job. That's what, that's what, that's what I, I believed. I, and if you, if you love someone and you just <laughs> quietly, you know, walking on eggshells around them or, you know, you spend a lot of your time thinking about things that you could do or not do that will directly impact them, you are ultimately taking responsibility for them, for their outcomes. You're saying like, I'm, it's my job to help this person do this and this and this. I mean, you'd be a fixer. You're a fixer. You're like, let me get my hands on it. This is my job. So, you know, I mean, <laughs> when I say to women, like, just don't, don't go saying, like, you know, we, we know we come across stuff. If you're listening to this podcast, then you're a woman who's probably doing some inner work on herself, who's just gently kind of raising her consciousness by, by just questioning things that she's always believed or observing herself instead of just, you know, being in it all the time. You, you might have learned, if you've done my pro, any of my programs, you understand that your thoughts aren't you and all of that stuff, powerful stuff. Uh, and, and once you're sort of on that path, you can be pretty, you can be really keen to share that with the people around you, (laughs) really keen. And I mean, I know for me, I was like, oh, all he needs, like, if I get him this crystal, that crystal is going to do this and this and this, or, uh, if he just reads this book, if he just gets this concept, then everything will change for him. I just need him to do some hypnosis. If I can just get him to see a hypnotherapist. Oh, I've just researched and I've found a place that I think is going to give him, you know, the inner child work that he needs to do to heal at a deep core level. And then everything's going to be fine. I know I just need to keep the kids quiet so that he doesn't feel stressed and anxious. So he doesn't drink today. I know if I say let's have sex tonight, then I know he won't drink too much because he loved sex the most. I know 
if I can just work really, really hard to grow a business, then he won't have to work anymore and and he doesn't need to be stressed and he can work on his art and I can make that happen for him. So if any of that stuff is ringing a bell for you, if, if, if your head is a lot of the time, and this could be your your partner, it could be your child. I think a lot of parents are in codependent relationships with their children. We we fix, we we caretake them instead of caring for them. And it's and it's a line that I think so many women have crossed without knowing that they've crossed it. And that's why I'm sharing it today because I can remember my friend Lisa Carpenter and she sent me an amazing book. She sent me, um, it was daily meditations on on codependence. And I was like, I don't understand this codependence. It feels like something that someone else would be a part of. I don't think it's really me. Well, <laughs> I started reading these little meditations. I was, it was blowing my mind. And I would say that when I started to learn about codependence, of course, I mean, I spoke to Nick about it, like, I think we're this. And he in his rehabs and, you know, going to therapy and all that sort of stuff was realising we were too. And the crazy thing is we think we're loving so hard. We think we're loving the best because so much self-sacrifice goes along with that kind of love. And I knew my patterns of this were creating a kind of learned helplessness for him. He wanted to stand on his own two feet. He wanted to own it. He wanted to own his recovery. And so started the process of me, what I called lovingly detaching from whether he chose to stay sober or he didn't. I had to detach myself just with so much love because I loved this human and yet I recognised finally I was never, ever responsible for the choices that he was making. I wanted to be, man, I wanted to be, because if it was up to me, he would have stopped. I gave him every reason in the world to stop. But then what happens is, and it's kind of insidious because you don't know it's happening, is that because you think that it's your job and you're responsible for this person, that then if they're not doing that thing, And if you're not doing a good enough job, if they're making a choice that's different, then you're not enough of a reason for them. Or you're not good at your job. And this little voice in my head would say, if he loved me, he would stop. Because I had attached myself to being the reason he would stay sober or he wouldn't, or the children. What was he doing? 
doesn't he get it? And that shows a complete lack of understanding of addiction, firstly, and it's like the most obvious sign of of codependence. Because each human is responsible for themselves. Even my kids are. Like I can want to support them, help them, love them, but I'm not doing it in the same way. They're going to have their journey through life. And so much of that, you know, I I have to lovingly detach from them being anything in particular. You know, this is their life. It was always Nick's life. It was always his choice. Well, that's debatable because of how you understand addiction. But what I had to confront was the role that I was playing in in this dance that we both had going on and we were both aware of it and it's ultimately why he decided to end the marriage like I need to do this and I was heartbroken because my whole identity was wrapped up with being his wife who was I if I wasn't Nick's wife his carer who, how was he going to be okay without me? Heavy. And we do this in, in all sorts of different ways when we're so enmeshed. Like I didn't, I didn't even see Nick as separate to me. It felt like it was all together and I would do things. I would put him above me in, in most things. I can remember waiting for months and months and months to see this healer. And Nick was in a really bad way. And I, I mean, I'd been on this waiting list and I'd waited and I was so excited. And like, it wasn't even a question in my mind that I should give that appointment to Nick when it came up. I was like, well, he needs it more than me. He needs it more because it's going to fix him because this is the thing that he needs because I somehow, as a human outside of him, knows what's best for him. I didn't know. That's so arrogant to think that we know what's best for other people. It's crazy if you really think about it, isn't it? And we do it all the time. So, so that, was, that was the reality of, of what I was living and here's, here's cool news for anyone who's like, and okay, so what's, what's happening here? Um, I just thought I was loving on my people and, it, I, and I'm, I'm sharing this because, I mean, I work with thousands of women. I see thousands of women take full responsibility for everybody around them and wonder why they are so tired. People are going to people. They're going to make their own choices. And you can love them and be detached from whatever choice they make. It's not easy. I'm saying it, I'm not saying it flippantly because I ultimately, like, we ended the marriage. He did his work for six months, he relapsed. 
Annie died. And so you can imagine that codependent Lisa and the stories I I was telling myself, the guilt I felt, that has been, you know, (laughs) in ways from people who love him. You know, I can remember being at a celebration and someone associated with the family just saying he couldn't he couldn't live without you you know he was lost he didn't have his anchor and that person hadn't even known he was he was an alcoholic until months after he died And I just think, I've had to do a lot of work on that. So ingrained was my belief. And I'm sure that that's the way it looks to a lot of people. But I also, I know what happened between Nick and I. I know us both waking up to this whole world. And, you know, I also even just think the way that we the, the the state I went into having three kids really quickly, you know, not we had no family support and it became something that I can rem- really remember, like just being in the zone of those early years of motherhood. And I look back now and I think he was really in it with me. He really was. But but I was also being responsible for everything. And so what does that then do when we do that? We take away other people's power. I know the way to do this. Do you? Did I? That wasn't wasn't the easiest time. (laughs) I think it happens sort of subconsciously. Anyway, well, it definitely did because I wasn't conscious that I was doing it. And, And there's outcomes that have happened because of this. There's outcomes. Like I spent just years thinking that I could I could do things a certain way and everything would be okay. And I absolutely lost the ability to uh, tune into and communicate my needs. And that's something that I'm still, I actually still struggle with uh, a lot. And it's a real work in progress for me. Um, you know, our our relationship was really, it was, it was lots of highs and lows. It was really intense. It was intense because we were so enmeshed. Whatever he was feeling, I was feeling vice versa. And it was just so dramatic. Um, and I think that what, I am learning about now, you know, now that I can see it for what it is and I I can sense when I'm falling into that and it's something that I've spoken a lot about with my boyfriend. I mean, he sort of came into my life when it was all being dismantled and I knew I had a chance to do something differently, to love differently and and yet, you know, these the patterns are really strong, right? 
So when he would say, I mean, I can remember him saying to me, even when we were having <laughs> when we were having sex, and he'd just say, just don't do anything. Just can you just receive? Like you don't need to do anything. I was always kind of on. I was always thinking that I I had to to do stuff. And it's been this beautiful kind of gift to to learn how to receive. For him to say to me, I'd really love you to tell me what you need right now. And for me to be unable to come up with the words, which is crazy, isn't it? Like, I mean, here I am, I use words all the time. I think of myself as a very good communicator and I kind of suck because the type of relationship I was in, there wasn't a to and fro. It was all energy towards towards Nick most of the time. And he was willing to receive that and I didn't even know that there was another way. And now... I am open to receiving. I am learning what my needs are in certain moments in time. I am actually able to craft my responses instead of just real heightened like enmeshment. And it's a really, really cool thing to create a relationship where, and this is going to sound crazy for some of you, be like, what have you, what were you doing all those years, Lisa? But to have this, um, like I'm Lisa Cordoff and I'm currently in a relationship and I'll still be Lisa Cordoff even if I'm not. That's like a whole new thing for me to see myself as sort of sovereign Lisa, making choices about her life. Because because it was so, it was just, it was Nick and Lisa. As I said before, I didn't know, I didn't, I couldn't kind of, I didn't even think about what, what life would be without him because he was, that was so much a part of my identity. But right now I know my happiness is my responsibility and my boyfriend's happiness is his responsibility. And it's a really cool thing that we also, you know, bring so much happiness to each other's lives and he is someone who I can lean on and I mean he has his own stuff happening I mean you just don't think you can get people (laughs) who've who've lived and um loved in certain ways who aren't at this age who aren't kind of working through things but it's like it's it's this coming together of two whole humans and, and learning about each other and being able to voice when something doesn't feel okay and having that other person r- respond. <laughs> I 
Like anytime I'm sort of like, mm, I'm just feeling a bit blah, 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 blah. And then he just, he just comes forward and, and brings it. I'm like, is this how it works? If you, if you can actually communicate what it is that you need, you actually receive those things. Cause I felt like I didn't have a voice in my relationship for so long. And that was not Nick's fault. That was me. That was me making him my life. And I certainly won't go down that path again because it's the thing that I probably regret the most for both of us. Like, this is a thing when stuff like this goes down and addiction being a family disease, you have to face some some truths that are uncomfortable, really uncomfortable. And I wish I wasn't the only one from our marriage getting the chance to learn how to love in healthier ways. I wish he was getting that chance too. I know today that my needs are worthy of being communicated. I know that I can love my people and not feel 100% responsible for what they do or their outcomes, that includes like my children. I will love you and I also know this is your precious life. I'm going to see my spot here as your mum and it's not to caretake every single thing that you do. You, they will make their own choices. So I just, there's a lot more that I could share on this. But I think the last thing that I'll, I'll say is creating interdependence is sort of the term that I'm feeling drawn to because I think I went, I went quite far in the independence. Like I will never need anyone again. So this included when I was in a relationship. It definitely wasn't <laughs> like a coming together. It was a, I will, I will enjoy the pleasure that you bring to my life. I will take it, but I'm not, it's almost like I'm just, I'm not available to, to love that way. So therefore, like, you know, arm's distance is nice. I am an independent woman. I will never um, get enmeshed like that again, you know. And so I went so far to the other side that it was almost like probably not possible to create that kind of like an actual relationship because I, I wasn't making myself available for that. I also know that what I am bringing 
is a whole lot of junk to the table a lot of the time that I get to just lovingly observe. I get to lovingly observe myself creating new patterns. And I do very much appreciate that there is language between my boyfriend and I about this stuff and a loving acceptance of of both of us creating something brand new that neither of us have been a part of before. I give full permission to myself to have a relationship that feels easy. And that's that's kind of cool too. And always checking in with myself. It's like when you've been so far in one extreme, it's quite easy to notice when you're in that extreme again. And it's the in-between parts now that's like, oh, yeah, that's sneaking along. That little part, I might just need to bring things back. I might just need to just ask for a little bit of space so I can just figure this out. But not in the same way I used to, which was like I'm overwhelmed. I don't understand what I'm thinking or feeling. I need you to go away now. Please go away. Go away. I need some space. I need space. I mean, one time I did that. And (laughs) because I I almost, you know, you get caught and I don't know anyone else who's um, been in relationships beyond a marriage and it's like, like I don't want to, I don't want to be back in my old patterns, but I sort of almost don't quite know how to move forward with this in a measured way at this stage. So I then just, I mean, another pattern that I'm starting to break, which is just retreating away from what feels hard, sweeping things under the carpet, you know, absolutely did that for a very long time. I mean, anyway, that's a whole other thing. But um, but then, you know, I was met with, I'll give you the space that you need. I'm a little bit confused. But I'd really then love you to tell me what it is that you need in these types of, of moments you know, beyond the space, like how do we come back? And I was like, once again, I don't even know. It's like I am honestly learning how to do relationships. It's a very interesting place to be (laughs) in your 40s. But I have all these lessons under my belt, right? I have an awareness of when I'm moving into the fixing, the taking responsibility for the making his actions mean something about me. No. He's himself. I'm myself. Our happiness is our own job. I lovingly detach from whatever choices he makes. I I work on myself. He works on himself. Happy days. <laughs> well, not always, let's be honest. Um, no, nothing's perfect. But if this resonates with you, if you're like, oh, 
oh, this whole codependence thing, I thought that was something, you know, that doesn't relate to me. There's some amazing books out there. And I, and I, I do definitely think that it can absolutely appear in parenting. We take it all on. We've got to save the world, save everyone. We can do it all. Give it to me. I'll do it. Oh, yeah. So get yourself some some resources. Melody Beatty is amazing. Her writings about codependence have really helped me. A book called Codependent No More is always recommended. I'm interested to know if you resonate with this. You might recognise it in some people around you even. It's always a dance between two. So there's that. Right, I'm going to see you in the next episode. I think we're going to be talking about over-functioning. Oof, done a bit of that in my time. I'll see you then. Hey, just a quick note for all the other solo business owners, online business owners, coaches, experts, if you are doing your own thing out there in 2021 and you are struggling a little bit with momentum, then come along to a free workshop that I'm holding on Monday, the 23rd of August. We are going to get your week started in a brand new way. I'm going to be sharing a few things that I do to kick off momentum for myself and drive things forward in my business even if I'm completely strapped for time and lockdowns have been extended again in Melbourne. Come along, register your interest, save your spot, I'll see you there. Hey, if you're enjoying the conversation, then it would mean the world to me if you head over to iTunes and give us a rating and review. It really makes a difference and it's my intention to get as many of us involved in real conversations that really change the game as possible. Thanks so much for your help and I'll see you in the next episode. 